You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Wisconsin Sports Heroics, Heroics Podcast on the Packernet Podcast Network. My name is Sam Holman. I'm here breaking down some stuff uh, from the Packers' loss to the Titans. Um, as I've mentioned before, um, I'm going to be doing the show solo from now on, uh, or at least for the time being. Uh, McQuaid was, wasn't able to commit to a, a full schedule going forward, so we're just kind of you know, moving forward. Uh, just with just me as of right now. Um, we're also, as you know, you may have mo- may have noticed, uh, I'm going to be on a new schedule. Uh, the episode should be coming out Wednesdays. I'll be recording on Tuesdays if all goes well. So um, that's just a new new time to keep in mind for when, when the episodes will come out. But what what I wanted to talk about today, you know, um, my fellow podcasts uh, hosts have done a great job breaking down. Uh, just the the Titans game overall, and and you know a lot of different aspects of that. I wanted to focus on what exactly went wrong with the defense, um, because yeah, as you may know, if you follow me on other social media, uh, pre- on my other social media presences, I'm I'm a big defense guy. I really like breaking it down, kind of learning more about it, and you know helping others learn more about it as well. So I wanted to kind of get give a summary of what I think the biggest issues were in. What what I kind of posted on uh, Twitter earlier today was, you know, that I'll, after the game, I felt like a lot of people were complaining about, oh, you know, soft zone coverage and all that stuff. Why don't we play more man? And I think that was part of the issue, but I don't think it was the main issue that really lost them the game and kind of let the Titans put up 27 points. Um, what what I think the real issue was, well, there there are multiple parts to it. One, I think that ever since they lost to Sean Gary, they've had to blitz a lot more than than they have before than they were before when they had him to to rush the passer. They can't really get pressure with four consistently, so they got to send you know five or more guys. Um, they're doing that more consistently on on passing downs. And then two, they, they have a really limited library of uh, blitzes and pressure looks, right? That, that wasn't, I don't think, the way that Joe Barry wanted to play defense coming into the year, whether you agree with that or not. He just, I don't think they have a super extensive library of stuff to, to turn to. And so the blitzes that they have are a little bit predictable, right? There's not a whole lot of variation in them. Um, and I think that what we kind of saw against the Titans was that Ryan Tannehill and that Titans offense, they were able to get to their answers. They were able to see the blitz coming get, and get to their answers really quickly because they, they kind of know how these blitzes are constructed. It's not super complex. There aren't a whole lot of coverages associated that, that Joe Barry runs or a lot of looks that Joe Barry runs under other than or uh, unlike someone, you know, like Wink Martindale or some, someone like that who runs a whole bunch of exotic, crazy stuff. Um, and then third. And, and this might have been the biggest issue. What was the communication and just just passing off routes? There, there were multiple big miscommunication issues that I saw uh, from the Packers secondary. It wasn't just one player. There, it felt like it came from all angles. Um, I know Darnell Savage kind of got uh, some of the brunt of Packer uh, fans' criticism. But I, it was it was kind of all over the place. There were there were mistakes made by everyone. Um, 
So, so I'm just going to kind of go into that, break some of that down. Um, I was going to go over each touchdown drive and may- maybe some notes from some of the other drives to kind of cover just the, you know, what went wrong, I think, what some of the big chunk plays that really killed them, what those came from. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to dive right into that. So first touchdown drive is the first drive of the game. Um, the, you know, the Titans, they're trying to run Derrick Henry, all that, all that stuff, but the Packers, you know, got them to third, third and long, uh, early on in the drive. And what happened when they were, they were playing cover one, uh, I believe it was Savage as the, the robber safety. And then Ford, uh, Rudy Ford was playing the post safety. So he, he's supposed to, you know, stay on top of everything. If there are any deep, deep routes over the middle of the field, he has to mirror those, has to cover those. But what essentially happened was Keyshawn Nixon, who was kind of in as when as their dime defensive back, he was playing trail man on on one of the wide receivers. On there was kind of a deep over deep post type route. But um, now let me back up a little bit. So the Titans were essentially running a version of dagger, which dagger essentially is a vertical post or nine route from an, an inside receiver, and then the out an outside receiver will run a dig underneath that. The the theories that that vertical route that initial vertical route will clear out the safety and allow that dig to fit in underneath it um but what essentially happened was ford overplayed the dig route and this may be some of his inexperience as a starter in the packer system hopefully you see this improve a little bit um you know i've I've mentioned i wrote an article the other week about how i really liked what i saw from him him in the cowboys game so hopefully he kind of gets that stuff cleaned up but he essentially he commits too hard on the dig and so Keyshawn Nixon he's playing trail man technique where he's kind of in the back pocket of the receiver but that means that without the he, he's supposed to be doing that because in theory this the post safety should be capping any vertical routes right that if the quarterback throws it in front of the receiver right uh, Keyshawn Nixon is playing trail man so that the receiver kind of has a step on him if they're in theory, if the quarterback throws it in front of him, that post safety post safety should be able to make a play. But without the post safety there, it was open, and I believe it led to I can't remember the exact gain. It was thirty or forty yards. Um, and then the the other play from that first drive that I think really kind of demonstrates that, that that first that first you know that third down and long conversion. That's kind of what I was talking about, where guys are just out of position. They they aren't you know being where they need to be in, in the Packers coverages. And that's, that's been a consistent theme, you know, through a lot of the season, you know, there's some games are better than others, but it, it's popping up way too much for a team this far into the season. Um, the, the other play from that drive that I uh, wanted to mention that actual touchdown throw, um, because that, that was kind of a demonstration of where, where the Titans were able to essentially find their answers kind of, counteract the Packers uh tendencies to blitz on passing downs so essentially what what the Titans ran they were in the red zone um I believe they had a two tight end set but um on the left side or, or on the offense's left they had an outside receiver they had a tight end in line and then the running back was lined up in shotgun and they essentially ran a flood concept to that side of the field so the outside wide receiver he took uh the corner vertical to kind of take him out of the equation and then uh, the running back actually ran a about it was about a ten yard dig route. He ran it out of the backfield and then you know cut it off on a, a ten yard dig route. Um, and then the inline tight end kind of took took a flat route. And so essentially what that what that's trying to do is you're trying to 
create conflict on the apex defender, which the apex is essentially the guy who's usually defending the number two receiver in the formation. Uh, in this case, it was Isaiah McDuffie. They were sending a, a blitz using one of the safeties. Isaiah McDuffie was he was playing the the seam to the curl to the flat zone. So he's essentially if there was a seam route going up the field from number the number two receiver inside, he was going to uh, match. He's going to carry that. Um, and then if there was a flat route, you know, if there wasn't that that seam. Uh, threat. If there was a flat route, he would kind of zone that off and take that. And so he essentially took the the flat route from the inline tight end, and he had played it really tight, like he played it almost like it was man coverage. And so what the Titans were able to do is they were able to throw the ten yard out to the wide, to the running back who kind of snuck in behind McDuffie's coverage. And you know I, I'm not a coach, but just kind of sitting you know here in my armchair, just spouting stuff off the top of my head. I think that McDuffie maybe could have been coached to play that from a little more depth where he's kind of, he's playing off of the, the flat route a little bit. Cause ideally you could just, you know, the quarterback throws that ball, you close to make a tackle for one or two yards. Uh, I don't believe it was, it wasn't like second and one or anything. Um, so, you know, that one or two yard game wouldn't really hurt you there. But he, he played it really tight, and so that allowed the the out route to fit in behind him. So I think, you know, if he plays that from a little more depth, he squeezes the throwing window a little bit more, maybe that ball doesn't get thrown. Uh, instead, gets checked down to the flat route. But again, you know, the the way that the, the Titans had basically the perfect call dialed up for, for what the Packers were running there. Um, and, and yeah, the, it ended up at a touchdown. Uh, second touchdown drive, there wasn't really anything that stuck out. I think that drive was a little bit more of just finding holes in some of their zone coverages. So, you know, like like I said, I it, I think it was a little bit of an issue where they can kind of get a little bit static. Barry can get a little samey in some of his calls. And so, they, you know, just mi- mix it up, you know, and, and throw in some of that you know, tight man coverage. Uh, though that can be an issue playing the run. You can have, have some issue with your run fits when you, when you play man coverage on base downs. Um, on, on the third touchdown drive, uh, it, it was honestly, it, it was embarrassing, right? They essentially allowed a 30 yard gain and a 40 yard gain on two separate plays in that drive, which, you know, should not be happening to, to a defense, especially with this many talented players on it. Um, before we get into, into detail about that. Just want to take a quick break for our sponsors, so I will be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. 
when I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. All right, back, uh, kind of breaking down some of the stuff that went wrong for the Packers defense. So there, that third touchdown drive, the, the first, like I mentioned, there were multiple chunk gains. Um, the touchdown itself was, I believe, remember, there, there was a touchdown that was a Derrick Henry run, and then there was one that was like a seam route um, that, you know, both, the seam route was just a, a great throw. The, the post safety was a little bit slow to react. I can't remember what touchdown that was, whether it was this drive or a, or a different drive. But kind of what... The, the two plays that stick out. First, it's second and seven. Uh, Packers are sending a, another blitz, um, a five-man pressure. And what happens is they're, the Titans are running a slot fade to one side of the field. And the corner and the, and the um, slot player on that side just basically let the, the fade route go, and it ends up being a 31-yard gain. Um, the, to, to break that down a little bit, uh, Savage was kind of over the slot. Jair was over the boundary receiver. Um, it's hard to tell who's at, who exactly is at fault. So the slot fade, right, the idea is that outside receiver is going to run just a short route to draw, draw up the outside corner, and then the fade route is going to try to fit in behind where the outside corner should have been, um, but was, you know, he was drawn up by that short route. Um, what I think maybe should have happened is that Jair should have essentially made a smash check, um, which smash is kind of kind of that same concept where you're you're high lowing the outside corner, um, but essentially what that call would be was the the slot defender Savage would zone out to the flat, kind of take that short route from the outside receiver, and then Jair he could kind of zone back and take that slot fade or smash route or whatever it is um, from the number two receiver. That's general. That's often how defenses will try to deal with that that sort of route or route progression. Um, but it didn't look like they made that call. Uh, Jair he was kind of squatting on that outside route, and I'm not sure what Savage was doing. There was kind of a, a underneath route coming uh, across the field towards them, so I wonder if he assumed that Jair was going to zone back and take that that vertical route. Um, but because he kind of started to squat on that underneath route, but the the end result was that both both of them were kind of squatting on underneath underneath stuff, and that slot fade you know ran free for thirty yards. And credit to the middle field safety who I think I can't remember if it was Amos or Ford, but they essentially saved it. They might have saved a touchdown uh, with, with their tackle there. Um, but. Again, just the, that miscommunication that should not be happening at this point. And I think it's made worse, you know, by the Packers needing to blitz more because you got less guys in the secondary. There's less room for error. You got to kind of be on top of stuff, um, especially, like I said, if you're going to be running the same types of blitzes over and over, you, you got you to gotta essentially be perfect, right? You can't mess up stuff like this. Um, the other big play on the drive, uh, you probably remember, it was a Derrick Henry 42-yard screen. Now, that, that has kind of made the rounds. Um, this Packers just blitzed against that again. 
And uh, Quay Walker kind of got he got hooked uh, by one of the offensive linemen. He was running scot free into the backfield. He might have been able to uh, get the get the quarterback off a spot and stop that play if he hadn't been held or hooked. But it, that's another problem with with blitzing so much is that you're gonna risk allowing big plays on screens and, and that sort of thing. And that's a that's exactly what happened here. Um, you know, they, they weren't able to, I think it was Preston. He was dropping to the flat and I know Preston in zone coverage. Listen, if you're going to be sending blitzes, you're going to have to drop someone off of the line unless you want to send a bunch of six man pressures, which is not going to be ideal. Um, but he, he wasn't able to make a play. He was kind of dropping to the flat. He got too far outside, and he, uh, one of the offensive linemen on the screen blocked him, and Derrick Henry, Henry rumbled for a 42-yard gain. Um, those, those were really the big plays that kind of turned that drive and, and got the Titans within scoring position. And then the fourth touchdown drive, I um, believe it, it was a third or fourth quarter, but uh, that was another second and seven. So. What what happened there? There was a another, I believe it was a yeah, it was another thirty yard play. But uh, the Titans they were they they essentially lined up they on the offense's right they lined up in a they motioned to a stack formation. So one wide receiver was on the ball on the line of scrimmage. Another receiver was kind of off to one side, close close behind him, uh, and off the ball. And again, they were they were sending five a five man pressure. So it was Savage and Rasul. Uh, they were guarding the they were uh, guarding those two receivers. And again, it's kind of same zone coverage issues with you know distributing routes. What essentially happened was the uh, technically the number two receiver. So just to just to explain the the receiver numbering system for a- anyone who's a little confused by that, essentially you number receivers. Um, based on how far away they are from the sideline outside in. So like the, the farthest receiver to the outside closest to the sideline will be the number one receiver. The slot receiver who's kind of the next receiver inside would be the number two. And then if there's a receiver inside him, that would be the number three. And then you can even go to number four and like, you know, quads formations and that sort of thing. But essentially the count stops when you get to the offensive line. Um, so the number two receiver, so the inside guy, Savage was essentially supposed to, if that number two guy went vertical in, in their zone coverage, in their blitz coverage rules, Savage has to you know, carry him vertical. And then uh, Rasul, he was kind of the outside one-third zone player. Um, mo- most of the blitzes that they run, I- I'd love for them to run more man blitzes, but mostly what they run is uh, what's called fire zone, which is three players deep three players underneath. So it's kind of like cover three, right? You've got the post safety, then you got the two thirds. Uh, the corners are protecting the two outside thirds of the field. And then instead of having four players underneath, you've only got three. So uh, we're still, he was kind of playing outside third on that side, but the Titans essentially ran, they, it was, you know, a pretty cool concept. They, they essentially ran a version of what's called sail, um, which is a, a vertical route. And then a uh, route that kind of breaks. Um, it's essentially like a you know 10, 12 yard out route. Um, so w- what happened was you know the number two was going vertical. Savage was carrying him like like he was supposed to. That he was you know fulfilling his assignment. But Rasul was kind of getting carried up the field with with that route. And when the out route you know 
the, that receiver running the hour when he broke out to go to the sideline, Rasul was like 10 yards. He was looking at the vertical route from number two, and he was 10 yards deep um, or deeper than the hour route. And so he there was no chance he was going to make a play on the ball. And so it was easy throw. Um, that See, that's – I, I don't know what's going on with the secondary because Rasul is a smart player. Like, you can see it on film. He's pointing stuff out. He he's you know making heady plays. His interception against Tannehill was exactly that. He was recognizing a concept and going and making a play. He's a smart he's a smart dude. But just the whole the whole secondary the whole defense is in disarray at times. Um, and you know here it ended up leading to a third yard gain. They essentially they eventually scored a touchdown on that drive. Um, but. It's just really discouraging to see see these guys in positions like this. And, and there are some bright spots. Quay had a, had a great day. Um, there's some nice plays by guys like TJ Slayton and some of those other defensive linemen. The run, the run game, the run defense was really nice, really good, uh, re- really well executed for the most part. But I, I don't see this kind of commu- miscommunication just consistently this far into the season. I mean, we're in week. I guess it'd be week 12 now that the Titans game was in week 11 and guys are still messing stuff up. And some of this, I think is the new, the new frequency of the blitzes, right? The whole, the whole thing with, with defenses is, you know, the whole thing is you get what you practice. So I think that the Packers coming into the season, they wanted to be a coverage team. They wanted to rush for, you know, and with Rashawn Gary, that, kind of worked you know they they had some success i would say that uh up to this point excluding a couple games the defense had not been the issue with this team but when you're just going to be playing coverage when that's what you're drilling all se- all off season and you're not really concentrating on blitzes or you know blitz coverage or di- different you know pressure looks when you have to turn to that stuff like they do now you're going to be bad at it, right? You, you get what you practice. Um, and, and hopefully, you know, they clean it. I mean, you know, the season's basically lost at this point. Anyway, there, there's almost no, ch- or there's very little chance that the Packers make the playoffs. I mean, you can, it's fine if you want to hope, you know, fan how you want to fan, but realistically the odds are the Packers are not going to make the playoffs and they're, they're just, yeah, they, this season is going to be lost. but. You know, going forward, we might see them clean it up as they get it more used to the, those pressure looks. Who knows? Barry may pull some stuff out that surprises us, mix it up a little bit. But I, I, I don't see how you can keep this defensive coaching staff at, at the end of the year. I don't think they'll fire them in season, if only because I don't think there's a clear upgrade uh, besides Barry on the staff. I mean, Jerry Gray. I know a lot of people like him, but he's at as at as much fault as Barry is for these miscommunications. I mean, that's probably the big, the num- number one issue with the defense is his realm of expertise, his, his responsibility, you know, Barry can't, he, unless he's like an insanely maniacal micromanager, he's not going to be teaching like every single defensive back, every single communication and every single technique, right? Some of that's got to fall on Jerry Gray and the, these constant mix-ups that's got to fall in part on him too. Um, so I, I think that at the end of the year, uh, after the season's over, we're, I, we may need to see guys, you know, get cut. 
I don't know how if it's going to be like a complete exodus of the defensive coaching staff. I, I'm not sure what it's going to look like. There's a lot that's going to be, you know, it, it's hard to predict what's going to happen this offseason. But it's just that not only the, the defense just not performing up to expectations with all the talent that they have, but just repeated mistakes in the same areas. There, There's not really any improvement. And I, I don't see how this can continue. Uh, if if this kind of if this state of things keeps up, um, that that was kind of all I had. Um, I mean the the Eagles game, you know, the Packers they're, they're going to be hard pressed to make this competitive. The Eagles are really really good. Um, they've got a good defense, got a good offense. They're very versatile offense. Um, yeah, I. I it's going to be tough for, for tough for them. Hopefully, they they put up a good, a decent fight. Um, but it, yeah, it, it's I, I'm not I'm not even sure what to say. Just kind of enjoy enjoy what you can out of the season. You know, watch some of the young players: Kingsley, Anikbari, Clay Walker. Just you know, kind of kind of look at them. You know, look look for success from them. Christian Watson just. He's been excelling these last couple weeks. He's a lot of fun to watch. Um, just you know, look look for those players that you enjoy. Look for um, cer- certain types of plays that you enjoy. Maybe you enjoy re- like watching the Packers run game, and that's just all you wanna wanna look at. But just find something that you enjoy. I I think if moving forward, at least that's what I'm gonna be trying to do. Obviously, you know, whoever's listening can do whatever they want. But and that's that's kind of all I got uh, for for this pod. Uh, I want to thank everyone for listening to another episode of the Wisconsin Sports Heroics Podcast, and I will see you again next week.